the 911 Calls Podcast with the operator and his senior assistant, Jack Luna. Someone entered my house. Do you know who they are? He says he's in England. He says South Africa. Oh, hi, Luna. Hi, <laughs> Sorry, I caught you right when you're lighting your cancer stick. Right. Sorry. Um, how are you? I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing yeah. pretty good. Yourself? I got, I didn't get COVID, then I got COVID, then I didn't get it, then I got it. We talked about that at length yeah, in the, uh, on the uncut. uncut. Yep, so that's summary of my life lately. It did take me out last week but i also kind of justified it as a uh, holiday week since i had actually put something out during the holiday week that most podcasters don't put stuff out oh yeah so now that nailed I it. it i like getting sick it just gives you an, an excuse i mean not covid dead sick but i mean yeah i, I like to get uh get sick because it just gives me an excuse to be as lazy as i almost always am <laughs> right. without getting yeah that's exactly mine. I'm laying in bed. I'm like, oh my gosh. Literally, this happened. Part one, I'm laying in bed, sweating through all my sheets and everything. I look at my wife, who's a machine, and she's the super Roomba, and she never stops. She's always got some, she just, she just, and there's no guilt about her or anything. She's just very, very active. Yeah. And I she do. comes buzzing through the room, and she's, leaving the room kind of and and when she moves about i like to like in my mind pretend it's that jetson's noise (laughs) you know because it's just like that anyway she's coming back through the room she makes eye contact with me and i'm like ah i feel so terrible just being here in bed she looks me in the eyes and goes it's not really changing my life much at all because usually you're like out in the studio or napping anyway and then in my she leaves and we're both chuckling like it's funny and then she leaves and i'm like oh am i not really a contributor to the family like 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 could her life wouldn't change and so the next day i bring that up i'm like so your life kind of wouldn't change if i just like died and she's like shut up (laughs) yeah yeah i mean she she, she's like you know i wasn't saying that and i was like you're right i just got emotional for a second right same thing happens with me because um my girl will work uh four days on uh three days off now so when she's at work i'm like she'll come home and a lot of the chores won't be done i'm like well i'm busy with the kids right And, and and then when she's home i'm working and she's doing everything and obviously still busy with the kids. Right. So. Yeah. It's it's a conundrum. It really is. Because uh, I got super sick. And then she got super sick. And so that means everything shuts down. Like they don't produce the Jetsons when she's sick. It just isn't right. a show that gets produced at all. <laughs> Nothing happens. The robot's in the corner. The whole family just dies in their yeah. little bubble in space. Um, and so I'm like charged with doing all the things in the house and everything. And I'm frustrated the whole day because as I'm following around my two little daughters and just trying to keep the mess from being a mess and everything, mm-hmm. I don't know how my wife does it. It's frustrating. And I'm, I'm like, by the end of the day, I'm very frustrated. I will say this. She never says that whole like end of the day, I've done everything 
that she would normally do. And I'm like, I'm so tired. Uh She never says that whole, welcome to my life. Yeah, it is mine. We don't have that that shtick in our household because I think we both realize it's not fair to whoever you're saying that to just finished what they felt like was a big like journal journal entry worthy task. Yeah. Mine like tried to meet her bar that she sets every day effortlessly. Yeah. But here I am, a podcaster, trying to not just make sure our children don't pass away. She never uses that welcome to my life. But I also don't like, you know, I think that's uh, that's a that's an unequally yoked phrase that's used a lot. Like you don't you don't see it where like uh, the husband gets really sick, and let's say he's an accountant and he's maybe the breadwinner. Yeah, it doesn't happen where he gets super sick and the woman is relegated to the office. And, you know, you bring it, you go and stand behind her and the whole Excel spreadsheet's just blinking red. And yeah. she's like, I don't know what's going on. I think I'm burying the company. It never doesn't happen that way. So usually it's about the, the domestic environment, right? Yeah. Then you can't say that because you're a, you're a part of the house. You're not like exclusive to it. So you should be contributing anyway mm-hmm. and all that. So, yeah. Well, know. for us, I mean, it's like, there's not traditional, like we don't subscribe to like a traditional roles. Like the man goes out and works and the woman stays at home and, and uh, cooks and cleans. But right. that still happens. And she works. And, <laughs> and, and, but it does. And this is what, what I've said. And she said it to me too. She's like, well, listen, cause I feel guilty about it. Right? I'm like, you keep things tidy. I keep things clean. I'm like, what are you talking about? She's like, you just like tidy up. Like he'll do the dishes. You'll take up the garbage. You'll pick up mm. toys, but mm-hmm. I clean the carpets. I deep clean yes. the bathroom. I do all the laundry. And, you know, but, and then, but she's like, but on top of that, what you're, what you're forgetting about what you do, you have the constant responsibility of being the first line of defense if somebody breaks into this house. Yeah. And, right. and she's like, I don't want to deal with that. Like when a noise happens in the night, I'm up. And I don't know if that's a complete trade off for doing the laundry and cooking the meals. <laughs> I, I do cook some meals, but I'll take it. I'll, th- I'll take that bone she's throwing me my way. Yeah. If that bone has to show up once every in a lifetime, probably worth it. <laughs> yeah. We don't want to get into bones showing up no, in other ways. Either. No. All right. We're going to, yeah, trade offs there too. <laughs> mm, yeah. Thank you, ladies. <laughs> yeah. I got arguments uh, against that too. I mean, you like it too, right? I mean, geez. right? Question mark. Do you? <laughs> the world's divided. We're not sure. <laughs> do we do anything right in that department either? No. What? Where am I supposed to be? Where am I supposed to focus my attentions? I don't know. I don't know. It's a mystery. I'm done. I give up. I'm (laughs) going to sleep. (laughs) It's been three minutes. Okay. Hey, I got a question for you, Luna. Mm -hmm. Hey, hey, Luna. Hey, hey, man. Hey, how long do you... Okay, so when I I mention Julius Caesar, Mm -hmm. and, you know, he was obviously a Roman emperor, can you think of another Roman emperor, like, you know? No, not off the top of my head. I'm not a big Shakespeare fan. To be honest with you, <laughs> I thought Julius Caesar was made up by Shakespeare. <laughs> oh, crap. <laughs> okay, well, hmm. moving on then. Yeah. Uh, there were a whole whole slew of Roman leaders, right? Right. And they were all, you know, good or bad or mostly bad. Some of them were popes and the Roman leader. I don't know. There's a whole uh, lot of stuff going on there. Anyway... Uh, Julius Caesar is the one we all think about, right? Like, you know, I, I could say Nero, but it's not top of mind. That was the one that I was trying to grasp for. Okay. 
He was terrible, by the way. Terrible. All right. But anyway, how long do you think Julius Caesar's Roman Empire lasted, like his reign? Your options in years are 13 years, 23 years, or 53 years. I want to say 53 years, but I think the correct answer is 13 years, considering how long these people lived back then. Yes. So the answer is two. Two years? (laughs) Wow. Yeah, Man, right. His name has really lasted. I mean, they got a, a drink, the Orange Julius named after him, and a uh, salad. As salad? Well. Uh, yeah, I mean, he got a couple things that really stood the test of time there. I don't think he even knew either one of those things existed no. uh, back then. But um, but yeah, two years. I, I kind of threw you off there on purpose, but that's yeah. crazy, isn't it? Like his reign. I mean, obviously, Caesar was a component of the, you know, the whole society for a while, but his reign was only two years long. That's crazy. I really no had no I had no idea he was a real person, so I'm not gonna friggin' be <laughs> flustered here. Okay. All right, I got another one for you. Uh if, finally, guess how long it takes for the cells in your body to die if they don't have oxygen. Your options in years are thirteen years, twenty three years, and fifty three years. Two years. <laughs> Four minutes. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's all it takes. So if your body doesn't have oxygen, the brain cells start going for, well, I guess a lot of brain. Oh, my God. How stupid is my answer? <laughs> like, even <laughs> to go to years. Can you imagine yourself staying alive for They're two like, years? You're totally dead, but not dead at all for two years. They're like, we could still bring him back. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's just brain dead. Yeah. <laughs> I'm brain dead. Four minutes. That's crazy. Four minutes. So that's, you know, I was just talking to my wife uh, and we've got those blind, we've got these blinds where you grab the bottom of the blind and you Mm. just lift it up and it does the thing that the string would normally do, you know? Right. And she said, I'm so glad we don't have those strings. I I hate those strings. They freak me out. And I'm like, yeah, "Yeah, but does that really ever happen? And then she's like, yeah, actually, don't you remember me telling you six months ago about my friend whose daughter, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh "Oh my gosh, I forgot. It does happen. And in that case, uh, you're talking about somebody accidentally strangling themselves with strength. Yeah. Child. Yeah. Yeah, It does happen. Yeah. And her friend was overplaying. Uh, the child gets wrapped up in on her neck. Right. Yeah. And her friend doesn't know any different because half the time they're fake princesses anyway. Their whole life is a myth. Right. And so she thinks she's just dancing in the corner with oh the, the string, right? And then she comes down after a little while and she tells the mom that she, hey, she's, she's, hey, she's, she's swinging on the rope. Yeah. And mom goes up. It's been more than four minutes. Didn't, didn't, didn't end well. Uh, so yeah, four minutes. It's, it's such a it's freaky man. Tragedy. A lot of people don't know that Mike Tyson had a daughter who, um, who died. I believe she was four years old. She was running on a treadmill and you know how they have like the strings that hang down from a treadmill that will oh, attach yeah. to the emergency thing or whatever. Uh-huh. The cutoff. Got, yeah. It got wrapped around her neck and she was, um, strangled on a, on a treadmill. Oh, a lot of people don't know that about Mike Tyson. He's got a lot of anger issues anyways, but, you know, sometimes I like to watch Mike Tyson's uh, podcast that, well, on YouTube, hot boxing with Mike Tyson. And mm-hmm. it came up one time. He gets me so emotional. I know a lot of people think he's a piece of dirt and, and you know, there's some dirty things that he did in his life, but the, the man comes from a really difficult upbringing and has seen a lot of uh, 
difficult things in his life and been treated poorly in a lot of different ways from young to his professional career where a lot of people siphoned money out of him as well. And to hear him talk about certain issues and the emotion that's put into them is, it's very touching. His, the, the corners that he's turned in his life are literally because he's wizened himself. Like he's not a byproduct of, He's like the weathered rock star who's like, yeah, I just, you know, almost died five times and I got herpes simplex eight. And, you know, they just learn as they go from bumping into on the walls. He's yeah. wise because of those things. He, you know, it's He's, not like he went to counseling and got wise. He's what just, I love, no, what I love about him too is that he's really taking a look at himself and he does not like what he sees still. And he right. admits that. Yes. And I, and I like that, that honesty of that. Yeah. There's, there's a lot that I like about Mike Tyson. Yep. Okay. I got, uh, finally, uh, I guess I said finally twice here. So finally, finally. So this is like a graphic designer's final. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but you, as a graphic designer, you submit work to your client and they're like, I love it. You're like, yay. Graphic dot final dot Photoshop file. And then they're like, but wait, we want to make one more change. So your, your file name starts being like graphics, final, 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 (laughs) and then a date and then another final. So, okay. Finally, (laughs) guess how long it takes the international space station to pass across the whole night sky. Not sure how long it takes during the day, maybe daylight sky is thicker so it moves slower but guess how long it takes for it to pass across the night sky i've seen it it passes quite often around here and you think it's a ufo or we did for a while i'm gonna guess it's really quick um 45 seconds it's around five minutes but that's from that's from horizon to horizon it's moving at about seventeen thousand five hundred miles an hour but five minutes i mean that's that's trucking you know if you think about it's passing I don't know. I, I'm sure I could Google it to say when I'm looking at the night sky from horizon to horizon, what, what, what portion of the Earth's you know sphere am I be able to see? It's probably significant. So it's it's pumping itself through the through the uh, not sky up there because it's technically above the sky. But anyway, I thought that was yeah, interesting. It is interesting. Elon Musk shot up all those um, satellites. They're going to make it possible for people that have internet in places north yep. of where I am in all parts of the world. And I remember when those first went up, so many, because I pay attention to the UFO sightings in Canada. You can, mm-hmm. there's a website and you can check it. The amount of people that were uh, thinking that those were UFOs was astronomical. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I like the word. Also, they show up in a line too. So that's kind of cool. They'll yeah. show up in like a grid soon. Actually, I have that internet. You know, I've got the SpaceX internet. Really? I, I do. I, um, yeah, so it, 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 to, to your point, the internet access started north in Canada and then it's kind of, as they've added more satellites, it's become available south of north, which makes sense geographically. Uh, so when it hit my area, I was like, currently at the time I was on a five acre farm with terrible internet. So I got it. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was, it's pretty good. It's fast. Uh, it has a tendency to just kind of go, I don't want to be internet right now. And it just turns off, uh, so I have it as kind of a, a, I have it as a backup to my current really fast internet. Cause I'm wedged in a neighborhood of sadness for a while. So I'm really excited about it because that means that I can move, um, into a more desolate area, maybe with like a lake around it further down the line and still have internet access so that I can upload podcasts and do what I'm doing with you and all that. Currently yep. it's not strong enough for me to be able to do that. 
and turn my kids into little weirdos because they won't have any social interaction. But I'm hoping the world is almost over by that point. We just get to hide out for, you know, the last 50 years. I agree. I agree. It is. It's sort of the uh, the thing that'll unplug us from our houses as far as the internet goes. Uh, you, know, you could go up to the cabin and, and just put it out, and and it's it's pretty it's pretty dang cool and pretty fast. I would say right now the speeds that I get off of it are around two fifty two hundred two fifty megabits per second. That's what I get right now. Yeah. So it's oh, yeah. it's fast. And so if I get that, you're more north of me. So you've pro- you. You could probably do pretty well with it. You said 250. I think I'd get 25, actually. (laughs) It's not 250. Well, Uh, you do pretty well because I've seen you upload episodes and stuff, and it's it's pretty fast. I'm I'm on like a thousand. I'm on a gigabit right now, a thousand megabits per second. Okay, so maybe mine is 250. Yeah, yeah, yours is pretty fast. Okay, and finally, why do I keep typing finally in all these? So I must have been on, maybe I wanted this episode to be over quick. Okay, finally, here's the scenario. Uh, You're driving home. Mm -hmm. You notice a car following you, Jack, as as you round the last few streets. Right. Get to your home. The car pulls in behind you. You get out and walk to your door. You unlock it and you step inside. And a man from the car that was following you gets out, comes to your door, takes his shoes off, and then walks in without saying anything. What do you do? Put a rear naked choke on him. Right. It's not like a, oh, hello, I didn't see you there. What what behance may I do for you? you you're not going to do that, right? You're, right? It's a defensive situation, right? Yeah. Okay, so you approach him, and he he doesn't say much. Seems like uh, he's maybe confused, and he says, "Sorry." He says this to you, "Sorry, but but I know you. C- can I see your phone?" Now, what do you do? I say, "Sorry." sorry. Get the fuck out of my house. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. That's what you say. And if he doesn't do it, so you tell him repeatedly to leave, but he doesn't. Okay, right. scenario continues. He doesn't. He doesn't really argue. He just sort of mills about in your front room or randomly says he's sorry and mentions something about a temple. How does that situation end for you? Violence, I guess. I mean, I, yeah. probably, right? I mean, self-defense, mm. uh, maybe a phone call to whatever, right? I mean, I mean, to be completely honest and not try to act like such a tough guy here, I, I would continue trying to like figure out exactly what is going on here. But the fact that he took his shoes off and came into the house in the first place, it, it, it does, uh, alarm bells are seriously going off in my mind. You're not coming into the house where the kids are, where my girl is, and yeah. just talking about a temple without, uh, I'm going to go back to tough guy, without it ending in violence. Yeah. Okay. So yes. And it's not, it doesn't play out like some surreal Pink Floyd song where your wife comes in and goes, honey, what's going on? And you're both sitting there just staring at each other and here like, I don't know. He won't leave. It's not going to be that, right? It's not going to be that. You're going to do something to extricate this person from your house, I would believe. Yes. Most people. Um, Or, or call somebody to do it for you. Sure. Yeah. Uh, But it definitely isn't, it's a situation of consternation, I would say, right? Mm, so this happened in the upcoming call, I'm assuming. Yeah. So we'll say uh, t- today's call is exactly that same scenario that we just described. In addition to the call, there's a ring doorbell that caught the whole thing and body cam footage from the responding officers. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preface this call by saying that this is probably the first time in the history of the show where I don't like everybody mm. involved in this whole thing. Supra nuts. I don't like anybody on this one. Super nuts. 
Super nuts. You know, like when they say super nuts, like, it's, you know. I don't know. Right? Super nuts. I've never heard it. Super nuts. Super nuts. You know, it's like the complete package, like super nuts. All right. Yeah. All right, I mean, I'm going to chalk that up to me being in the middle of nowhere and not knowing what's going on in the world with the I slang. Think and I'm the, probably what it is. Probably. Yeah. yeah. I learned it from Fast and the Furious, so it's got to be true. Super nuts. But I'm going to get behind you on a ledge and say that even with all of this visual and audio data, this call is still eerie and mysterious. It's also chock full of unhelpful people. <laughs> and we even have a guest appearance by the king of the ambulance chasers himself, Reverend Al Sharpton. Oh, boy. And as we all know, if the bat symbol is shown in the sky and what you get is Al Sharpton, something's not white about the situation. Because <laughs> racial Al Sharpton's tension. racist, yeah. Because something about race. Okay. Okay, right. I'm, I'm, I'm moving on quickly. So not white. For sure. <laughs> anyway, I digress. This time, we travel 4,439 miles away from Ohio. <laughs> Yay! Uh, to Oahu, Hawaii, on April 14th, 2021, around 6 p.m. in the evening. Uh, where the players in our story are a resident of the state atoll of Hawaii and some vacationers. And when you mix Hawaii with locals and vacationers, you get what we all expect. Except in this case, you'd be exactly wrong. Gotcha. Huh. It's nothing like you'd expect. So let's slip into this call and see how the scripts get flipped. Are okay. you uh, <laughs> ready for me to hit play? Yeah, I'm excited. Yes. <laughs> it's going to be a ride. All right, one sec. Let me open the folder where I have the audio for this one so we can listen to it. Okay. <laughs> I'm not prepared for anything. All right, here we go. April 14th, 2021, 2009 and 43 seconds. Police emergency. Hello, what's your address? Hello. What's your address? Please, please. please. What's your address? It's Mikey Wonka away. What's your name? Okay. <laughs> oh, immediately annoyed. <laughs> right? Okay. All right. So the... Per- <laughs> and that's all the call. Just kidding. Just kidding. Okay, so the person on the 911 call is a Wang. Uh, in particular, Chinese tourist Shaying Sabine Wang, who was visiting Hawaii with her husband, the Jew Dexter Wang. Not, hmm? not, that's not slang. His name's Da Jew Dexter right. Wang. Oh, okay. okay. People call him, quote, Dexter, and they call her Sabine. Okay. Hmm. So those are their kind of Englishized names, I guess, if we're going to do things here. And I didn't mean, I, I didn't just say English eyes. I said English eyes, like hyphen, I-Z-E-D. Oh, my gosh. This is already. Oh, boy. Ugh. All right. They were renting a house <laughs> from a guy named James Dexter. Uh, the house they were renting was a multi-unit house, and the Wangs had inserted themselves into one of the units during their stay. Uh, they'd been out in a boot. Uh, when they decided not to be out in a boot anymore. And so they headed back to the house. 
We don't say it like that. <laughs> okay, fine. I was trying to fit in. Um, all right. The ring doorbell picks up their arrival at the rental property, which uh, has a circular style driveway and a covered entrance that's circumscribed by pillars that look tacky to normal human senses. They park their car and headed into the house right behind them. Similar to the scenario I played out for you, a local man who lived in Hawaii named Lindani Mayeni pulled up behind them, turned off his car, walked up to the front door, took his shoes off and walked inside their house. Dexter Wang confronted the man asking him what he was doing and that he should leave. Sabine Wang was startled and at first in an attempt to kind of check the stranger's intrusion, picked up her phone and acted as if she's calling 911. None of this phased Lindani, who remained in their residence, regardless of the obvious alarm of the residents and their requests for him to leave their premises. Uh, he also didn't seem to respond normally to the fact that the resident Sabine was now on the phone with 911 calling him an intruder. So he's hearing her fake. She, he, he doesn't know that she's faking the call, but she's calling him an intruder on the phone and right. it doesn't seem to be doing anything to him. Right. Okay. So let's pause for a second. Um, I'm going to give you some more of the phone call. So here, let's yep. listen to a little more. Here we go. Someone entered my house. Do you know who they are? He said he's Lyndon. He says South Africa. Do you know who he is personally? Do you know this man? I don't know him. Okay. I don't know this man. What's he wearing? He, he's in the house. What is he wearing? What color is his clothes? It's a black, black T-shirt. What is he? Asian, white, black? Hello. What? What kind of ethnicity is he? But officers are on the way. Can you tell me what he looks like? I I don't know whether he knows our owner or not. But he just like randomly coming and say some strange. Okay. So what is is he white? Is he black? Is he local? I don't know him. I understand you don't know him. I'm asking you what he looks like. So if he runs away, officers can find him. Okay. So what does he look like? Is he white? Is he black? Is he Asian? He's, he's black. Okay. Officers are on the way. I just need you to answer some questions. Okay. So he has on a white shirt. Is that right? No, he's in black shirt. Okay. What is he wearing on the bottom? Jeans, shorts. He's wearing a jeans. And yes, and he's wandering in the house. Okay. Does he have any weapons in his hands, like guns, knife, bat, stick? No, he says some salvers. I don't know what he means. Okay, officers are officers are on the way there. Just stay on the phone for a minute, okay? Okay. Is he yelling at? Is he yelling at you guys? Does he seem no. confused? About how old is he? How old? Thirty. Thirty. Okay. Okay. Officers are on the way. 
Officers are on the way. They're on the way there. Okay. They're going to be there shortly, okay? Can you go outside and meet the officers? Ma'am, can you go outside and meet the officers, please? I don't know. It's okay. Can you go outside and look for the policeman? He, he, tried to, he tried to go outside. I don't know. Okay, so he's outside now? No, he's, he's inside, but he's close to the front door. Okay, so you can't get outside. Okay, I understand. Officers are coming, okay? They're going to be there soon. He's outside. He's outside. Okay. I think he's following us where we... She's, he's I, following you, you think? Yeah, he's driving a car when we come to the neighborhood. Okay, so what kind of car does he have? <laughs> I, I, I'm so sorry to go outside to check. It's okay. You don't have you don't have to go outside if you don't feel safe doing it. Do you remember what kind of car he had? Do you remember what kind of car? Car he's here. He's still he's still in the community. I think the police officer can stop him. Okay, officers are. Okay. They're on the way. Do you remember what the car looks like? Yeah, I saw another people. Okay, what car? That's you. What? That's you. He's stealing the car. Okay. <laughs> oh so let's let let's pause for a second and and reflect on what a person in their right mind would do if they had wandered into another person's home and was met with the alarm and actions of these said residents. Hey Luna, if this was you who had just walked into somebody's somebody else's house. Mm-hmm. And you were apparently not having a psychotic break or under the influence of some lifestyle drugs. Uh, what would be the typical thing to do? Um, hi, my name is Jack Luna, uh, and I don't know why I'm here. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> really quickly, you'd be like, well, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> why would you? I think the closest you ever got was on the Halloween special. You told us about going and... Doing trick-or-treating at your neighbor's house, but forgetting to take your kid. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, that might have been due to some lifestyle consumption at the time. I've had had friends who have been so drunk that they've gone into the wrong house and started, like, taking a leak in a flower pot. Yeah, it happens. Yeah, it happens. This is, I gotta say, this is terrifying. I, I got chills a couple of times during that call, the way that she, I could picture it. There's clearly a language barrier here. Yeah. But also, like, from the little information that we're getting, I can picture what's going on. It'll get more aggravating. <laughs> I promise. So after after feigning a phone call to 911, she ends up making one. So that's what we're hearing here is, you know, she 
it didn't work to pretend that she was making one. The guy didn't leave. So she makes one. So we're listening to her have this conversation. You mentioned a, a language barrier. Mm. Uh, like I said, I'm going to go back to what I said. I don't like anybody from this call. I don't like anybody. <laughs> I, I don't. And I, and I say that because if, if you think I'm victim blaming or, you know, go ahead because there's frustration all around here. I, I wonder though, do you think it's more of a language barrier because the information that she's willing to give, she's doing pretty freely right. in between bouts of like what seemed like total PTSD. Do you think it's more that or like in particular, like what does he look like? Is it more that or was she hesitant to describe him as a black man? It felt a little like it that. It seemed to take like a lot of convincing. Yeah. And finally, dispatcher had to explain why she was asking what he looked like for Sabine to concede and like end up describing the guy. I'll I'll uh, go on the side of of I'll go on a different side on it because I did I did sense that like possibly she didn't want to say black man yeah but but also I know if I'm in that situation I've pictured this a few times with these nine one one calls that I don't want to let I'm on the phone sure yeah but I don't want to let the guy know that I'm giving up a lot of his information uh, for fear of provoking him in some way like who are you talking to who are you talking about me I don't want to trigger him. I agree with that. Having feigned a 911 call in his face and then making an active 911 call in his face, it could, you're right, it still could be that, like, she doesn't know what's going to make this guy break. But it's it's odd that she's giving up, albeit very fractured, not just from a language standpoint, but very fractured in that she doesn't seem to be on point on the call. No, I know because there was a moment there where it's like he's closed the door behind him and he's walking around the house. I'm like, that's f- scary. Yeah. And then it's like he's trying to steal the car. I thought I heard it some He's point. trying I'm to like, steal the car. I'm like, let him. He's outside. Is he okay? He's outside. No, he's inside. No. Okay. Okay. Uh, uh, you know, the, if there's one person that I inch toward liking on this call, it's the dispatcher. But I have my reasons for not even putting her on that pedestal in a moment here. But there was a moment with her even, and it's a simple, I guess, a simple mistake. You're mm-hmm. already dealing with somebody who it's confused um, conversation that is happening there. Back and forth communication is being confused. Do not repeat to her that it's a black T-shirt when she clearly said, sorry, that it's a white T-shirt when she clearly said it was a black T-shirt. Black T-shirt, though. right. Yeah, if you're, if you're recording notes, don't review your notes with somebody who already has a language barrier slash PTSD. It's not, and, you're wasting time. And screw up the notes. Like, don't repeat wrong information back to her. Yeah, right, exactly. Uh, so he's a white T-shirt man? No, he's the, I don't know what to say. Um, all right, the other thing that aggravates me about this call is that she seems to be the most unhinged person in the room. I'm right. surprised that the dispatcher didn't ask her to put someone else on the phone. You can clearly hear a male with a calmer head in the background. Most yes. likely, it's her husband, Dexter Wang. Right. The Jew. The, Not to be confused da, with the baby. Da, da Jew, right. Uh, in the Ring video, it looks like he is also on the phone, and it turns out that he was on the phone with the homeowner during this time. But this doesn't help my aggravation because he also seems to be the most clueless husband in the world. He seems to never notice that his wife is having a complete emotional meltdown on the phone with 911. Yeah. He never consoles her in any way. Right. Of the video, even, and seems to almost operate independent of anything she's doing or saying. As a husband, for my wife's safety, it's like paramount, right? Gotcha. In a situation like this, 
her comfort and safety would be my top priority. So Lindani wasn't acting in, in, in enough of a manner for him to be a distraction from how unhinged Sabine was becoming on the phone, in my opinion. I agree. I agree. It was very frustrating, that call. Very, again, very terrifying, the way that she was breaking down near the end there. I mean, yeah. Uh, what, what, I guess, we're, is there more to this call? Yeah. So I, I bring all of that up because it will be relevant later after this call is finished and after these ads are finished playing because oh, we, we gotta, gotta pay, pay the, the bills. <laughs> okay, so we left off with Sabine being present on the phone with 911, but seemingly not an active participant on the call or on scene or really anywhere. I'm not victim blaming here. I'm simply responding to the fact that she isn't contributing to anything and her level of alarm is also not commensurate with the scene that is playing out. And I, I realize I have the, the, a burden of knowledge that, that you as a listener currently don't have. It, it, the whole thing's been recorded on video, and it can be plainly seen. Uh, anyway, things get better. Just kidding, they don't. They get dumber. As you can hear at the end of that call, she begins responding to the responding officers, exclaiming, that's him, that's him, pointing vaguely, to his car that was parked in their circular drive. This is where the audio of the 911 call is coupled with what we now have as body cam footage from the officer. And we're, we'll continue on with the audio from the 911 call for now and shift to the body cam audio in a little bit. Okay. Also, all of this video will be uploaded to Patreon so you can see it. Okay. So, you have any questions? And you will, you're like, oh, I think I should start paying $5 a month for the extra content. This is your chance. All right. <laughs> you ready for me to hit play? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. Just as two asides, one, one, I have to say English people, Americans are suckers. And if you didn't know that, 
and you ever experienced time when malls were actually a thing and you didn't notice this, that every kiosk in the mall was manned by somebody with a foreign accent because we love it. We do. Like every time my hand got grabbed by someone and then they immediately started applying lotion to my hand to show me how exfoliating it was. The person was like, Hey, you like that? Yeah, it's nice, ain't it? No, you're going to buy it? Nah, all right, later. Uh, and I was always like, no, but I want to, but I don't want to. Yeah, but I want to, I'm, I'm going to buy it. We Things love are different. Accents. Things are different where you're from. You have a lot of Australians who have bought kiosk <laughs> shops. Yeah. Oh, tons. Franchise tons, them. Oh, tons okay. of Australians. A little different here. Yeah, even though she's distraught, I, I just wanted to say uh, the Chinese accent when speaking English, I love it. I really do. There's some kind of a kind of a lilt and a bounce to the way that they speak English that I really like. Yeah, me too. And that's completely uh, not objective because this is not the, the time to be talking. About. No, I don't want to talk about that right now. I don't either. So, okay, at the beginning of the call that we are again met with the soothing sound of Sabine. And you can hear the responding officers commanding Lindani to cooperate. You can hear this. So Sabine becomes more agitated and her alarm becomes punctuated. Uh, this lines up with what happened next after the officers approached Lindani, who had made his way on foot down the circular drive a bit, but was still on the property. So Lindani turns to address the officers. Lindani responds aggressively toward the officers. Keep in mind, it's a bit dark outside at this point, and the officers have little information about what's transpired, right? Right. And he's wearing a black shirt. <laughs> it is some shade of a color, or a not a shade, or a hue. We're not sure, and we're also reluctant to identify it. <laughs> So on the call, you can hear Sabine becomes more agitated on the phone when Lindani decides to, in what is now a typical response for him tonight, he decides to respond to the officers with confusion, walking toward them without responding in kind to their questions and commands, but instead just keeps approaching them like a confused zombie. He, he becomes aggressive with the first officer that he comes in contact with and is subsequently tased. By officers. You can tell when this happens on the call because Sabine becomes distraught level 100. Okay. Mm, yeah. And then you can hear Sabine attempt to give a play by play to the dispatcher stating that Liz Lindani had attacked the officers. This is followed by a quick volley of gunfire. And the gunfire comes from guns. Yeah. The officers, after tasing Lindani and it having no effect, and Lindani proceeding to attack additional officers. The officers fire upon him. This causes Sabine to calm down. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, the fake phone call that uh, Sabine had had meant had made the first time because it's picked up. Her fake phone call to nine one one is picked up on the ring doorbell cam, and you hear her say that there's a burglary happening. Uh, but this is during her fake phone call. Um. It's unclear if the dispatcher could glean enough information from Sabine on who was firing the shots. And Sabine says that they're, they, they retreated into the home and locked the doors as dispatch dispatched additional officers to the scene. Sabine and her husband take refuge in a bathroom 
and await further detail from the dispatcher. Ugh. Sounds of the weather sounds of her good job. By the sounds of her, it sounded like he was full out attacking her, but that's clearly not what was going on. She she's terrifying when she freaks out. Man. She is. She is. I actually to to a point, I Googled because I wanted to see if anybody was having like that had written articles on this had had the same perspective that I had, which is sort of that her her emotional response didn't seem to be in balance with what was happening. Right. So I would type in Google. <laughs> this is don't do this, people. Um, I typed in Google. I, I think Lindani Mayani, and then I was like, I was like Chinese, and then um, uh, you know, like woman. Uh, screaming loudly and all that i got were hentai results (laughs) so that is not helpful (laughs) yeah should have typed in the jew see what happens there (laughs) there are no results (laughs) (laughs) it's just a kiosk with an australian guy (laughs) (laughs) all right so i have more of this call uh you ready for me to hit play on it yeah, if we could pause for a second, though, I yeah. do have to urinate. But also, on the, on the end cut, remember when I let that cigarette backwards and it was on fire in my face? Yeah, yeah. I can't find that cigarette. So I'm wondering if I smoked it. Did you smoke it? <laughs> so I'm going to take a leak and check to see if I threw it in the garbage or if my entire uh, garage is on fire behind me. <laughs> okay, sounds good. Okay. <laughs> Three days later. Don't know where that cigarette went. <laughs> Must have smoked it. That's funny know. and disturbing. Yep. That would have been weird. It was fully on fire. How did I smoke that without knowing it? Do I have char on my lips? Or? Yeah, no. Yeah, you look pretty normal. Oh, thanks. <laughs> All right. All right. Here's the rest of that call. Okay, just stay on the phone. The officers are coming. The officers are okay, okay? Officers are okay. They're okay. Just stay there, okay? That man, he won't get away. Just stay on the phone. Okay, just stay on the phone. Are you able to lock the door in the bathroom? Okay. Okay. So you're so oh so you're in the bathroom in your room. Is that right? Okay. Just stay on the phone. More officers are coming. Okay. Okay. It's gonna be okay. Officers okay. It's on the control, right? Yeah. It's okay. Bedroom and talk to the officer. 
You want them to go find you? Which bedroom are you in? Are you are you upstairs? You're upstairs? Okay, you have to help me out. You have to help me out. Tell me where you are in the house so officer can go find you. You need to go outside right now. Everything is under control. The man's not going to hurt you. The officers need to talk to you. My husband Okay. Okay, the man is in handcuffs. He's not going to hurt you, so please walk outside. Stay on the phone, but walk outside, okay? It's okay, they're waiting for you. Do you see the policeman? Okay, I'm going to hang up the phone, okay? Okay, bye. Bye. Okay, bye. Thanks for not talking to me. Take, take still... care now. All the best. Okay, bye. Happy Chinese New Year. <laughs> I wonder how many times she would have had to have said literally bye before Sabine actually said goodbye back. <laughs> bye. Well, I was expecting like her to like uh, come back out of the room and then the guy's there. <laughs> yeah, right, right. At the very end, finally, she's like, okay, bye. And he's, she's like, okay, uh, he's black. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and, but uh, one of the things that she did it for a second, the dispatcher, and I've seen other people do this. Yeah. When you're dealing with or you're trying to communicate with somebody who's speaking to you in broken English and they clearly don't understand the language very well, start talking back to them in broken English. <laughs> right. Yeah, she did. She got a little more like fits and starts in the way that she was talking. Also got a little louder, like loudness helps or something. I don't A lot know. of people do that. Like they're deaf. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, so, so far, am I, am I inaccurate that everyone on this call is annoying? So I'm far? annoyed. Okay. All right. I don't feel alone now. Oh, uh, okay. So the, the dispatcher informs Sabine that uh, the officers are okay and that they need to head outside to speak with the officers again. Where was her husband? Why did it take, why did it sound like she yeah. was the only one dealing with the situation. He's clearly right there because you can hear him as soon as the officers locate them hiding in the bathroom. He's out, so out front smoking a backward cigarette with the uh, guy in the black shirt. <laughs> uh, anyway, th this call should be about the guy outside with bullet holes in him. So let's shine a little more light on that situation now, okay? Yes. Let's shift to the audio from the body cam footage. Oh, cool. From one of the responding officers. I'll give you a bit of context on what the officers were up against when dealing with Lindani Mayeni. Right. All right. Lindani Mayeni was a new-ish resident of the Honolulu area. Uh, he'd moved from South Africa where he had been a rugby player. 
He lived near the house that he had just walked into. His house didn't look like the one he had wandered into, and there's no mistaking his driveway for the one he had pulled up into. He also didn't live with two Chinese vacationers, so pretty much nothing about the situation that he found himself in would have felt familiar. Okay? Right. When officers told him to get on the ground, he suddenly seemed to go from docile, confused vagrant to a defensive posture, approaching the officers with his own questions of, who were they? And then proceeded to attack them. All in all, definitely something that you do in a normal situation or in one where you've been grossly mistaken about your surroundings. If I seem flippant and not sensitive to what's going on here, you'll see why in a moment. We haven't addressed all the players in this story yet. So here's the audio from the body cam footage. If you're wondering patreon.com forward slash 1159media. This will be a post that's free and available to everybody. We're not going to twist your arm and make you pay. But once you're there and you watch this and then you see all of the locked posts, which are exclusive content, you're going to want to pay five bucks at least to go. So just get it over with and start helping us pay the bills. Jeez, you've been listening long enough. Hit him with another ad. (laughs) We don't have any, Jack. (laughs) I know. We can make one up. I should. I should start making up ads. That'd be fun. <laughs> yeah, in an Australian yeah. ask, uh, accent <laughs> hey. for kiosks in general. Well, I'm here. I'm here to rub your hands down with some lotion. Yeah? <laughs> like that. It's got exfoliate in it. Made out of roof skin. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Here is the... I don't know where I was going with that. Oh, here, here is the body cam audio. Oi. Oi. Where he went? What? Where he went? That's me. Where? Get on the ground now! Get on the ground! Get on the ground now! Get on the ground! Get on the ground now! But wow, right? Wow. That's intense. I mean, I mean, just, just listening to it, did it seem like, you know, did it, did it seem like this was a normal encounter that the police would have? Sound like they had to tase him. He was coming forward like the zombie that you talked about him being. Yeah. And then they had to shoot him a bunch of times. It's pretty intense. Yeah. It's, it's very intense. The, the footage is nuts. I mean, it's blurry and moves around a lot and seems like a Michael Bay film. So, uh, yeah. you know, check that out. Patreon.com forward slash 1159 media. <laughs> Do you see the dude, the Daju calmly smoking a backward cigarette on the front lawn as this all plays out <laughs> while his wife is like. <laughs> face smashed to the window in the upstairs bedroom <laughs> no daju is like uh he is not he's hiding well we think he's hiding in the bathroom because he's literally not contributing much to anything <laughs> so i don't know calmly, calmly having a bowel movement <laughs> <laughs> it'll be over soon honey yeah, Just hold smoking, on smoking a cigarette <laughs> puts it out and <laughs> 
Next flight home. Promise. <laughs> oh man, no. I don't know. I, I don't know. Would this vacation? Would this be a vacation ender? Probably. Yeah. I would think. Yeah. How'd you end your vacation? Oh, on the witness stand. <laughs> Face down mm. on the floor. Yeah. So anyway, once again, uh, just to circle back. Once again, not excited about anybody on this um, this call. Uh, one of the things that kind of got me and we'll get into this, is the last thing on that you hear on the uh, body cam is them going, police! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the last thing. <laughs> the last thing. So, okay. Here's where things get fun. Here's how the whole thing started. I'll front load this by explaining where we're at with the investigation. There was an investigation done of the responding officers and their actions. They were found to have responded in an acceptable fashion, the shooting of Lindani Mayeni. However, you'll notice that if you watch the video content for this case, which we'll post on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash 1159media, that it is supplemental, not only with captioning that follows the audio of the ring doorbell, the 911 call and the officer's body cam footage, but also there's been text added supporting the case that this was an illegal action for the officers to shoot Lindani Mayeni. There's also text that was added implying that the Wang's description of what was happening was not accurate. The text takes issue with the initial statements by Sabine Wang and Lindani May- that Lindani Mayeni had broken into their house. However, this statement by Wang Sabine, was made during the time when she was faking a 911 call in what can be determined as an effort to scare off the intruder. I'd probably do that kind of thing. You know, it's kind of like holding your arm toward your back. Like, I got a gun. You don't want it. You know, I'm going to mess you up, Mm -hmm. even if you don't have one. Uh, Typically, okay, so a video like this that is released to the public is done so by the police department in an effort to provide context and transparency. In this case, however, the police department had blocked the release due to their ongoing investigation of the circumstances of the case. This happens, you know, an investigation has a lot of moving parts and they're like, we're just, we will release this stuff. We're still doing an investigation. So, but that wasn't acceptable to Lindani Mayeni's wife, Lindsay Mayeni, Lindani Mayeni. So confusing. Yeah, right. I know. So that's Lindsay. She has a lawyer. (laughs) Lindani Mayeni, the man, was a black man from South Africa. Lindsay Mayeni is a white woman who was born in the U.S. They'd moved from South Africa to Hawaii, hoping that their two children, who were black, would not receive the same kind of racism they claimed to receive in South Africa. If you're saying, wait, the the kids are black and they lived in South Africa, so racism? Well, okay. It's pretty racist there. (laughs) Well, yes. So South Africa's racial tensions are much more nuanced than just black and white, Mm -hmm. like you might assume in the U.S. In South Africa, due to the history of apartheid and previous strife between white and black people and cultures— there arose a new group of individuals considered, quote, colored. And uh, this isn't like Southern colored, like calling somebody colored, like from, you know, the the Jim Crow days. Right. This is colored, C-O-L-O-U-R-E-D, like you might spell it in Ah. Canada. Mm -hmm. 
but they neither see them these this colored group neither sees themselves as black or white whether this is a theoretical view or more of an aff- affirmation of their blended racial heritage this group of people is a factor in racial tensions and is often seen as oppressed by some mm. so they've got like this extra race kind of oh. race race card being played there um Africa in general is a very interesting study when it comes to race uh, and racial tensions. There are portions where the racial animosity is actually flipped on its head from what we experience in the United States. There are people in in Africa where they argue that the white people had actually taken had the land before black people black tribes from from around the area were given those white people's land by the government um and oftentimes these are white farmers so the white farmer is pushed out by the government right. and imports are brought from other tribes not from that piece of land and they're it's given to them and then they don't maintain it it's it's a very, there's a whole lot going on. It's kind of That's reminiscent just, of what the Nazis did to the Jews. I will go as far as to say it's definitely a land of injustices. And uh, it's a it's a whole college course in and of itself. But right. but uh, it's it's hard to believe, but it's more nuanced, I would say, than U.S. racial tensions. It's, it's mm. quite uh, impressive to, to dig into. Right. All right. So, um, so yeah, so this, this, this third group of colored, and I say that respectfully because that's what they call themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, this is important because Lindani was motivated to move his family to South Af- from South Africa to Hawaii, where Lindsay was actually from, to potentially avoid the types of racism as were predominant in South Africa. Lindsay Mayeni, who is now preparing for civil legal action against Honolulu police, uh, after the de- death of her husband, Lindani, uh, says that in the last hours of his life, he sought spiritual protection, displaying erratic behavior, and told her he had seen the graves of his ancestors. So if you want clarity on what in the world she's talking about, you're, you're not alone. She says she, <laughs> she says she later came to realize, this is later, after his death later came to realize that this had been a premonition of his death. Uh, Lindsay said that at the time of, that her husband was wearing an umkeli, a Zulu warrior headband called an umkeli, uh, which you can see in the ring doorbell camera footage. So he puts it on at one point. I, I can't remember. I'll have to go back and watch it, but either donning his shoes or taking them off. Uh, he puts on this Zulu warrior headband whether he was still wearing it during the attack of the police officers, it's not really clear. The headband is worn by Zulu men to show national identity, as well as they'll wear it to South African cultural events. Okay. It's, so it's funny that she says that uh, she comes to realize this had been a premonition of his death and not so much like an indication of his mental illness. Yeah. Uh, you'll find that um, her description of things waxes poetic. Right. At best, I would say. And I would say strategically so. So she believed 
that he had put it on and taken off his shoes before entering the home as a sign of respect. That's what she says. Lindsay said Mayani may have mistaken the house for a Hare Krishna temple, which is next door. But a couple things that I find suspicious of her assertion that he was simply confused is she never indicated that he attended that temple ever before, which has no affiliation with any religious belief she claimed that he had. And above being a sign of respect, taking off his shoes and putting on an umkweli doesn't connect the dots on why he would have been at a Krishna temple. Also, I've driven the roads between the houses in question and that Krishna temple, and they're not next to each other and would require a completely different route to get to. Uh, Additionally, I think she made the assertion because both have a circular drive. That's about where the similarities to the two properties end. The house is directly off the road with no parking except for the circular drive itself, which has an entrance and an exit onto the main road. The Krishna temple, on the other hand, has a much more expansive entrance with a parking area and a big green sign as you enter that says Krishna temple. Not to mention the entrance to the temple is a completely different color pink not to mention not to mention that when you walk into the temple you're met with a visual feast of religious statues art and decor befitting of a temple not just a random house in her in her defense though i've been to this temple myself and they do greet you with (laughs) screaming chinese vacationers (laughs) as is the custom as is the custom you know hence i didn't bring that up right (laughs) it's a wild place man Sometime in the fog of the shooting and the Reverend Al Sharpton being retained, Lindsay revealed that Lindani had in his final hours been conflicted about race issues. The multiracial couple had had reportedly experienced some racism in U.S. cities they had previously lived in and had also been moved, she said, by the Black Lives Matter movement following the death of George Floyd in 2020. Uh, Why would she say this? What does it have to do with him being shot? Well, nothing except he's black and had experienced racism and she was preparing a civil suit against the police. So we can assume that this information about his frame of mind supplements his frame of mind before the incidents that led to his death. Also, seems a bit convenient that he'd be harrowed up in thought about police brutality just prior to his death, but this harrowing up of his feeling about racial strife and the police brutality was deeper. Right. Yeah, she's trying to attach his his plight to what was going on. Yeah. Time, obviously. She would go on to say that on the day of his death, the family had gone on a tour of the island making stops at places of spiritual significance. She hadn't specified what those places were or what significance they held, whether this was personal to them, the island, the culture, or other. Uh, Lindsay said that on their way home that uh, Lindani had some sort of premonition, she says. As we can see from her description, the day's spiritual significance was now imbuing itself into informing him of what was to happen, she says. Uh, she says, he said he kept saying, oh my gosh, and covering his mouth. I see it. I see it now, she said. 
I asked him what was going on. What was he seeing? And he didn't want to tell me. I don't know what he saw and I don't know what it's like before you die. So once again, she's like, what are you seeing, honey? What are you seeing before you die? What? No, no, no. She's she's like weirdly coupling. She was obviously coupling what Mm. he said he was seeing in some sort of vision or state that nobody else could see it. And it was coupled with this impending death. Can you imagine if he said, a Jewish man smoking a backwards cigarette? (laughs) Or or he just said, da Jew. She'd be like, (laughs) I don't know what to do with this now. She she couldn't call Al Sharpton now. That would be problematic. Um, All right. So she went on to say, before we entered our house, he stopped and told me that he had seen the graves of his ancestors and that I shouldn't be scared because they were embracing him. In my opinion, if I'm walking into my house and my wife says, hey, um, I see the graves of my ancestors <laughs> and you shouldn't worry. They're embracing me. I'll be like, what are you going to die? What do you, where, where, what do you, what's going on? What's going on right now? Get in here. And then, and then if my wife said, no, I'm going to go for a drive. I'd be like, no, super. You're not going to do that. Right. <laughs> not going to happen. Right. <laughs> I'm sure she was like, okay, honey, hope you find racial clarity in your <laughs> journey right now right now okay later that evening the former Zulu natal club rugby player lindani Mayeni, uh took a drive apparently to clear his head so he never returned obviously his wife learned of his death only the next day so two people from the home where Mayeni was shot will be witnesses in the case uh obviously the chinese vacationers and this is according to they're going to they're going to what do you call them subpoena mm-hmm. their presence uh says attorney jim bickerton who is Lindsay's attorney court documents filed in the u.s alleged that the three officers who responded to the 911 call to the house where lindani was shot did not identify themselves the lawsuit is against the city and county of honolulu as well as three police officers for wrongful death and negligence. So the court papers say the failure of the officers to announce they were police officers or declare their purpose was not only unlawful in their circumstances, but doing so with a gun drawn also negligently and recklessly communicated to Mr. Miani that they were not police officers, get this, but rather, quote, maglite muggers or maglite murderers. Because reasonable people are aware that police officers will announce themselves as officers in order to make their commands to stop, restrain, or arrest a person to be lawful. A mag light is a torch. That's the flashlight. So somehow, somehow the, the, the attorney here, the, the lawyer is trying to paint the police as like, well, if you don't tell them you're the police, then everybody knows you're a maglite mugger. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's a new term. I've never heard it. Yeah, me neither. And in my research, I only found conflicting information regarding the requirement for a police officer to announce their identity. Uh, the suit argues that it's the state's law, except here's a problem. Hawaii is the only state in the U.S. to not have a state-run police department. Instead, the police are divided into smaller departments managed by the local areas. 
I could not find anything that stated there's a global requirement for all officers in Hawaii to state who they are prior to engaging a citizen in any circumstance. And additionally, there's no federal requirement for police in the U.S. to do so. So I just, I, I feel like there's a lot of smoke screens being played out here. Oh, yes. I'm exhausted by this case, but I want to quickly say the obvious here. The lawyers and uh, the wife of this perpetrator are clearly trying to glob on to the climate of racial injust- injustice and, and the, you know, all the um, protests and things that are happening. So the public could see it as police shot a black man. Of course, you know, like that's what they do. <laughs> and, and, and um, they're, they're trying to benefit of what's going on in the world to, to skew their case in, in her favor of winning. What is she trying for here? Is she trying for money? Wrongful death. Yeah. Wrongful so she's, death. she's going for money. Okay, to to add one more thing, just this is the operator's senses on what's going on. If you watch the body cam footage and you listen to the officer that's appro- that's approaching, if you listen to him, he has an accent. Yeah, he does. It's what I would call, yeah, a local accent is what I would call it. So either he's a, lo- he's a Howley, he's a local, mm-hmm. or... He's Japanese, which I can't determine which one he is, but there is a a large Japanese population in Hawaii. So he's one of the two. Once again, the the, the thread of racial tensions and injustices gets a a little thin, I think, with this whole thing, you know? (laughs) I agree. All right. So one of Miami's South African uh, friends is found quoted saying the cops are still holding on to Lindani's cell phone, which they were able to open and access information from as they called me three days after his killing and told me they saw that Lindani and I spoke regularly and also on the day he was killed. Lindsay's lawyer, remember she lawyered up and is suing for wrongful death and racial prejudice said it was a breach of law for police to access a phone without the owner's consent. He said, there's no exception for death. So they've broken the law in their investigation, and now they don't want to release the phone to us because they know what's in there. Well, actually, Bickerton is what we call bloviating here. The Supreme (laughs) Court's 2014 decision established that cell phones are most, most like homes, which police officers need warrants to search. So if anything, Chief Justice Roberts wrote, uh, he's he's a Supreme Court justice. A contemporary cell phone with its immense storage capacity contains more private, sensitive information than a house. So officers who plan to search cell phones will usually have to get court approval before having at it. So if they had a warrant, they could access a cell phone. They could also have justified to a judge what is called exigent circumstances, where they explain exigent circumstances, which basically explains that they needed to access the phone now or never due to the risk of the phone being wiped remotely or having the data becoming corrupted some other way. Um, Not saying that there's other parties at play here who might want to hide or obfuscate the information on the phone, but Al Sharpton's involved. So anyway, uh, the, the police haven't said one way or the other yet. And, and the lawyer for Lindsay isn't interested in saying any more than he has to, even though he knows this to be the case. So once again, smoke screens. Uh, there's just so much. So the, uh, the prosecuting attorney, which is the state's, you know, prosecuting attorney, 
Stephen Alm, <laughs> investigated the shooting of Lindani and also that of another person. So this is interesting. So at the same time that this whole thing's happening, whether it's Al Sharpton or the lawyer or just the media, they're reminding everybody that there was another person, another black man who was shot recently by police. Right. Both of which were deemed by their lawyer, the media, and by those protesting their deaths as racially motivated. So Alm went on to say that, quote, in the event the department's investigation concludes that an officer involved shooting was justified, prosecutor Alm will also hold a press conference to explain the evidentiary basis and legal reasoning for the conclusion. Says the department intends to then release evidence in the case, such as police reports, forensic reports, witness statements, 911 calls, and body-worn camera footage. Uh, the department said that it was, if the investigation found that an officer-involved shooting was unjustified, there's going to be charges, you know? It's yeah. just, but their their investigation was hampered by the involvement of the Reverend Al Sharpton and Lindsay's lawyers, which forced their hand to release the audio and video evidence that was part of their investigation. Didn't even force their hand. Went around and attempted to um, to prevent the blocking of the content so they could release it. That's why the only copy of this you can find is slathered with texts, you know, basically supporting that this was a, a, a bad, bad thing that happened. Uh, Sharpton said, I'm saddened to be once again contacted by a family and their attorneys seeking justice for the senseless killing at the hands of police. Remember, he says senseless killing. We'll just couple mm -hmm. some things together. Senseless killing. This time on the Hawaiian island of Oahu and contrary to the aloha spirit. So finger wag Hawaii. As always, Al Sharpton was just sitting at home when he was compelled by the weak masses to once again seek blind justice for someone. And so like Batman, he suited up and bobbleheaded his way to Hawaii. <laughs> oh my gosh. He goes on to say, that Lindani Mayani's killing is yet another sensational racialization and criminalization of an innocent, unarmed black man at the hands of police, not following the law and proper police procedures. I always love how, like, the whole problem for Al Sharpton or for these kind of cases starts when the police show up. That's when the problem mm -hmm. started. Like yeah. they, like, like nothing was going on. The Chinese vacationers were actually like maybe just barbecuing with Lindani. And then the, the police were like, we're bored. Let's go shoot somebody. Yeah. The you word's know? disingenuous for yeah. the way that he's approaching the, like this and uh, a lot of things, I'm sure. And it does harm to cases that are actually in need of people making them, uh, making society more aware of what's going on in a particular case. I think it's getting to the point where when a, either approached by Al Sharpton, or they reach out to him, that the optics on on the 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 population you're losing in in yeah. in response to what you're trying to to accomplish when you involve somebody like Al Sharpton, you just lost a lot of the population. Like you just you just told everybody what you're doing. Yeah, for sure. I mean, clearly when he's attacking a case like this without all of the information or having the information and ignoring it because he wants to do speak up in a way that will support his idea of what the police are doing consistently in his mind to minorities. Um, 
it's it it's it shows his character and for you to um reach out to him and get him involved and say your case i think that again to to echo what you just said cuts in half the uh support that you might be able to get from society as a whole yeah i've always struggled with like protest outside capitol buildings and stuff like that i've always struggled with it because i'm like well if you really want to affect change you're you're creating a great photo op and there might be a couple like sound bites that come from your protest or whatever but really you're just kind of stroking your own in those situations if you want to affect change you you do it through the, the the law you do it through your representatives you or don't like your representatives you swap out your representatives yeah and i there's a place for protest don't get me wrong but but um in this case like a protest and rally to quote demand convictions for honolulu police department murder victims right so this is what i like an investigation i'm not even quite sure if the investigation had been wrapped up yet mm-hmm. by the uh, by the eight the attorney general in this case but they they preempted I don't know what's basically constitutional. Everybody's innocent, blah, 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 until proven um, to demand convictions for Honolulu police department's murder victims. Uh, Also, once again, the optics uh, was organized by a group called refuse fascism, Hawaii. That's who put together that protest. Uh, Once again, if, if you want to be taken seriously, find a, find a group that, kind of hits in the middle rather than like leans more toward Antifa maybe than sure. But also if you're trying to start a fire, don't grab, you know, kindling or fodder for it. That is not the right stuff because like, you know, pe- people will find out that you're, you're being disingenuous and using the wrong shit for that. And, and you'll, you'll make a lot of people believe that what you're saying is true just from the headline. But the people that look a bit, a little bit further into it, will you're completely discredited, and you're discrediting your cause. I, I, I just want the truth. Yeah, right. I, and and when when I get headlines like this, and I don't have the time to look further into it, and if I'm ramped up a bit, and there's this fire burning about this particular cause, it's like, of course, yes, okay, Al Sharpton saying this. Oh, there's another one. You know, I won't even look further into it because I trust that Al Sharpton has done his due diligence, and he he clearly hasn't, and he's being the mouthpiece for this. Mm-hmm. So. So running it back, what of substance or or application or applicability to to what happened to her husband, based on what Lindsay told everybody but about the backstory, about what happened, you know, before he left or whatever, what of that seems to help the situation at all? Uh, not much. But the sense I get from her is that she she was she's like an enabler, it felt like. You know, like she was enabling his mental illness. And my obviously I feel like this guy is mentally ill, but she was going along with what he was claiming to to be uh messages from his ancestors and like this this entire thing culminating in this major event. Um she was enabling him by agreeing that the, this is probably what he is seeing or what he is feeling rather than being the type who would be like, oh, that sounds a little bit off the same way you were saying with your wife, if she was talking about her ancestors and all that, yeah. you would not enable that, that thought process, right? She seems like she's enabling him. And even after death, continuing to enable and champion uh, the idea that he truly was uh, being communicated to by his ancestors. 
Right. I, I, okay. If this, believe it or not, gets even more weird. But I'll go as far as to say that uh, so far, we can kind of see where she's headed with everything because of the people that she's coupled with this. You know, she's she's had a pro... If, if my wife dies mm-hmm. and there's some question to the legality of it with the police and everything like that, guess what? I kind of have say on whether or not you get to use my wife's image, name, everything. Or I'll come out real quick and be like, hey, uh, yeah, I know that uh, Refuse Fascism Hawaii wants to use my wife's name for a protest or whatever rally. I'm not behind it. Right. Also, she had a choice on who she called, and she calls Reverend Al Sharpton. So right. I think she's picking, she's, she's making it clear by, by yeah. who she's allowing to be involved in this, in this thing, right? For sure. Who's into smoke screens? Who's into twisting the narrative to, to uh, what, what we want it to be twisted into? Uh, Al Sharpton. Yeah. You, you said a great word. Everything that came out of her mouth is narrative. None of it is fact. Every, right. None of it can be proven. Nothing that she said can be proven. Was it right? Was it wrong? I don't know, but what I do know is it was narrative. And so this rally happens. Her wrongful death suit hasn't moved forward yet, so we have to await the results of that. The Wangs went back to China and haven't been heard of since. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're just in China, probably. They'll be called as witnesses during the wrongful death trial if it goes that far if they can find them in China. <laughs> I have a ton of questions about what motivated Lindani out that night. Although Lindsay couched Lindani's visions and actions prior to leaving his family as sort of a Lion King-like vision of his ancestors, while she paints a beautiful picture, potentially, it won't do much in court. It's great for drumming up emotional support for her cause, though, which seems to be a driving force behind her efforts. Unfortunately, he seems to have had a psychotic break, in my opinion. All of yeah. the evidence and the way that he was behaving toward the Wangs and his slow departure from their house and then his aggression toward the police don't seem to line up with the actions of somebody who bumbled into the wrong house mistakenly. Oh, also, an autopsy was performed, which found that his body contained marijuana, which is only legal in Hawaii for medical uses. Did she explain whether or not he has a medical card, medical marijuana card? No. There was also traces of metabolites associated with THC in his system. Sorry. And the the thing with marijuana, you know how I feel about marijuana, but I I certainly feel like if somebody has a mental illness and you pair that with marijuana, it can exasperate, like it it makes it, it can really uh, flare it. It does something, right? It, it does. Can, it absolutely does. Yeah, and it could go one way. It could go the other. And I think that's just, I don't know if it's textbook at this point, but if you have a mental illness and you're also self-medicating, yeah, things get erratic. I'll go as far as to say, do I think that this whole thing was driven by him being hopped up on THC? Probably not because you're pretty chill, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, if that were the case. But what I find interesting is that the medical examiner noted in the report that they proposed after the autopsy that a chronic traumatic encephalopathy consultation be done through Boston University, which would have been a much more comprehensive look at Lindani Mayeni. But it was declined by Lindsay saying that such a test might, quote, make him look bad. 
The medical examiner concluded the cause of death was multiple gunshot wounds, which I can only assume that the marijuana didn't kill him. Um, So I, once again, uh, like that right there, that's the first pin in, in the whole thing that I think Lindsay has said that's any bit telling. She didn't give us anything as far as the backstory, what happened before, anything that couldn't be just chalked up to just prose. But this thing where she said it might make him look bad, that's telling. I don't think she's listening to the right people because she's going to go file this civil suit and she's going to have prosecuting attorneys or the AG or whoever asking her some hard questions. She's not ready to answer. I don't mm-hmm. think, you no. know, so c- come full circle on this. I'm, I'm oh, can you give me a second to uh, yeah. try this word that I uh, completely bailed out on. Oh yeah. <laughs> Exacerbate. Exacerbate. Yes. <laughs> That's a great one. It's word. one I have trouble with. I always end up just saying like something that sounds like masturbate. I always end up exacerbating at least once a day, I would say. <laughs> yeah. T- topically speaking. <laughs> uh, have I exacerbated during this podcast? The whole time I have. <laughs> that's all that's happened. Yet I'm waiting for the happy ending. <laughs> There's a climax. Just wait. It's coming. Oh, <laughs> okay. So. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, imagine kind of, that was it that's oh. it and then just oh and then the the music <laughs> thank you for listening again patreon blah 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 <laughs> hugs hugs oh ah oh gosh uh okay full circle i'm i ominously ominously <laughs> honestly not ominously look maybe a little ominously i'm bummed that the one thing that seems to have been lost in this whole thing is a story about a man who was probably mentally ill and two victims of an intrusion that were affected one night. Instead, we've got people putting words in the mouth of dead for motives other than justice and a waste of taxpayer dollars because of high-powered figures who can't wait to get their big dumb heads on camera. I think it's sad that those kids that they have, by the way, they've got a couple kids, Hmm. they're going to grow up with questions. And those going to be questioned that their mom seems reluctant to answer fully because she set up this scenario this way you know they're going to get smart they're going to have questions i just hope that she has to do more explaining during the civil trial should it ever get off the ground i think landani i think he deserves that hugs hugs (laughs) i should put some violin music behind that last part (laughs) oh jeez Good job, man. That was a massive case. That was a messy case. It, oh, yes. it was one too. Like I, I and and like always, I listen to the nine one one call. I'm like, oh my gosh, I hate this lady. Oh my gosh, this. Oh my gosh, there's gunshots. We're using it. And then I, then I'm like, yes, let's dig in. And I dig in, and it's like race, race, race. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, dang it. That's <laughs> ah. important to just speak op- openly and and as honestly as you can as an individual about all these kind of things. I think too often people go the way of like saying Al Sharpton and just go along the narrative that they know is, is um, uh, in favor at the time. And yeah. the danger in that is that you spread some misinformation and, and uh, turn something that's pretty, pretty cut and dried in my mind where this guy had a psychotic break and ended up in the wrong house and, you know, went at the police officers because he didn't quite understand what was going on because of the psychotic break, and he got shot because he was attacking them. Yep. Well, Al Sharpton's no dummy, 
And um, it reminds me of that. I watched this like 10 part series on this, this OJ Simpson trial. Yeah. Me too. And it was interesting watching Johnny Cochran and these other talking heads right. for, for the different sides and how they would look at the, the, um, the climate mm-hmm. at the time before they showed up on a camera anywhere, they'd be like, well, okay, is this in place? Okay, what's the feeling on this thing? They're very, very calculated about when they show up somewhere. And Al Sharpton showed up on this. Will he show up again? Eh, I think he knows that this got weak sauce as far as the civil suit goes. I don't think he's going to show up. So where is he right now? Is he still in Hawaii? Oh, heck no. No, no, no. No, he's moved on. So that (laughs) tells you something. But to the people that don't go as deep into the case as you just went, they would just hear that a black man was shot by police officers in Hawaii. And Al Sharpton is there to support the uh, supposed perpetrator who is actually a victim in his, you know, speech. And that's all that they'll know of it. Yeah. And and that, that's enough for him. And he, he moves on to, to be, to be, and to be fair, I don't know the state of racial tensions in the police department in Hawaii. I don't know if it's, if it's a thing, it might be maybe, I mean, police reform, I'm, I'm for proper training proper execution and everything as far as police matters go. And if that's, if, and once again, though, uh, Hawaii is, is our France <laughs> as far as right. the United States go. Like I know going over to Hawaii before I even go, I know that there are places only locals should go yeah. or that you're going to get, you know, you're going to get talked to if, if I'm in the wrong place or I'm doing the wrong things it's culturally different and i wouldn't go as far as to say that i think the the police department could be any different than that very localized very territorial and so does that play a factor in here could it very could and if and if that's the case there should be some things that get fixed but i don't know that again though i would say that a guy like al sharpton would latch onto a case like this knowing that people aren't going to really carry the way anyways they're only yeah. going to read the headline they're not going to dig too deep on it because it is the France, like as you say, of of America, right? <laughs> yeah. It's just like, oh yeah, well, more of that. It's happening everywhere, and yep. we'll support this cause. Um, I, again, I've said it before. It's it's unfortunate that there are powers that be that use real things that are happening in the world, real injustices, um, as a foil to to make um, a situation that isn't exactly that seem that. Uh, to win some kind of battle on, say, Sharpton's side, and the actual victims and the and the truth gets lost in uh, in the shuffle there. Al Sharpton isn't just some guy who they're like, "Hey, is Al available? Can we have him?" <laughs> right. <laughs> he literally has a whole organization called the National Action Network. So every move he makes is 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 meant to to generate either visibility for him his organization or to generate money it's not he's not doing this out of the goodness of his heart no. and to your point to your point if you look over if you just read his quote on this case it's full of red herrings it's full of right. very very timely phraseology and that'll change 10 years from now if al sharpton's head's still bobbling um <laughs> the things that he'll be talking about will have new will have changed through nuance. You'll see that they Mm -hmm. change it. Mm -hmm. And I'm bummed. I'm bummed because anytime you attach yourself to that kind of an individual, you're saying something about where you want the case to go. And that's all I'm saying. I think we're shortcut the process with that. Anyway, 
Okay, hey, how about a happy ending? Ready to ejaculate. Yes, here we go. All right, so this one is a bit different. This lady in this happy ending is very self-aware. Also very frustrated at her husband. (laughs) She's willing to go along with what he wants now because apparently he wasn't willing to go along with what she wanted. If you know what I mean. I'm intrigued. You know what I mean? Yeah. Hello? Hello? (laughs) I think we lost each other there for a second. (laughs) Yeah. All right. An audio. Did you hear anything I said? No. I heard. uh, Yeah, no, I I, just at the end there, uh, there was a weird uh, lapse. I'll just do that whole thing again really quick. You still there? Yep. Can you see me? Okay. I'll do that whole thing again just really quick. Okay, this call is interesting. This is a woman who is very relatively self-aware, I will say. Uh, The reasons for her being self-aware are a bit different. She's willing to go along with, at this point, whatever her husband wants her to go along with, even though she is very clear on this call that he wasn't willing to do what she wanted. (laughs) <laughs> that's you know more funny I mean. you've had to do that three times because our connection <laughs> is unstable <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm doing it pretty well and it's from memory too i don't have that written so i got to do that kind of 30 is like hey everybody we're talking about sexual activity <laughs> and it's making me uncomfortable <laughs> so this is a fun this is an interesting call you ready for me to hit play? i'm ready yes all right here we go Nine one one. Hello. Yes, That's, I have. Ma'am. Hello. Yes. Sir. This is nine one one. Your phone dot. Andy, have an emergency. I'm sorry. Um, my husband um wants you guys to come get me. So um, my address is Strand S T R A N D Drive. Of course, that's a motor beast down in. You said Strand Drive? Oh, yes, sir. What's the lot number? Um. Oh, is that where you're at right now? No, I had to walk down the street to get a phone. He wants me to go to jail. So, um, I figured. I can barely hear you, hon. I'm sorry. He said he wants me to go to jail. So. Okay. <laughs> I figured. All right. Might I have your last name? And your first name? And your phone number? You got a cell phone, or? This is a liar, too. <coughs> you lied to me. Yeah. Okay, anyways, I'm sorry. You're lying. Yeah, the cell, the cell phone number or anything? Mm-hmm. No, not, well. Mine? <coughs> okay, why does your husband want you to go to jail? Because, basically, I slapped him this morning because he won't have sex with me and hasn't had sex with me in a couple of months. So I slapped him across the face, and he wants me to go to jail. So I guess it would be a CDD because I touched him. So. Okay. So he's refusing to have sex with you? <laughs> Correct. This is not the first time. You can even ask officer, another young, young officer that comes in here who chases me down the road. This is, anyways, this is all about me, and I slapped him, so it's my fault. 
Okay, where are you going to be at to meet with the officer? Let me go home and put some clothes on. Who's that for? And get ready for them. Did it bleed? Does he need an ambulance? No, not at all. What's your husband's name? Yeah. Any weapons involved? No, sir. There's just my hand, but he, he, knows I can, he knows I can go to jail for a slap, so that's what he's doing. Okay. What color is your house and what color vehicles are outside? It's a tan-colored mobile. You need to go to your neighbor's to call? Yes, sir. All right, why don't you... State your neighbors. No, honey, I'm in a sweatshirt and box of shorts. Okay, but I don't want you going back there because we don't know. I'm anything. burning up and I'm all freezing there. I need at least to. Okay. You got well, in jail with, with this on? Well, we don't know that, man, but where are you at right now? I'm two houses down. I would really, can I please go put on a t-shirt? Well, I prefer that you not go back around them because we don't want it to get elevated, you know? So just sit tight. You guys don't come for like in 20, 30 minutes. No, I don't think it'll be that long, ma'am, okay? Right, which, which one are you at right now? Um, two houses down. Which one is that? I, mean, I don't know. There's no, there's no address list on that one. I just know where people live. That's all. Okay. I'll be outside, I promise. I'm going to go put on t-shirt and I'll go outside. Here, what? You know, what are you wearing? I'm wearing a pair of boxer shorts and a long sweatshirt. I'm wearing. What color is the sweatshirt? It's gray, but I'm planning on changing it. All right. Well, I, listen, I prefer you. Can, can I hold the sweatshirt in my hand, then? You got to be wearing something, ma'am. I understand. I'm at a friend's house. I can grab a T-shirt. I would like to get out of this sweatshirt, please. Okay. Well, that's fine. But I don't want you going back to the house. So why don't you wait there, strand drive for the officers? Okay. All right. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye. <laughs> what was that what was that so weird like it started out like i was like man what did she do that she's so willing to go and i thought maybe she had killed him you know and it was like <laughs> i did this you got to come pick me up and then it's because apparently he hasn't had sex with her in a couple months yeah uh, what's 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 his name ma'am limp dick <laughs> that's what i call him but i'll be up front completely naked i feel like if it was a female um operator that that would have gone a little bit differently i feel, feel like he was amused by the whole situation yeah he, i well yeah. i if not taken aback right like right. i don't know because even he even asked he's like what are you wearing and i f- yes. kind of expected her to be like why are you asking <laughs> yeah, yeah. like oh is this my shot <laughs> But then it became this conversation about apparel and how to acquire it or not and Mm -hmm. temperatures. I was like, she doesn't seem prepared to, like, you know, exist. (laughs) No, it seems like a type of phone call that a woman like that would make to, like, one of her friends to gossip about the the man, right? Come pick me up. He won't have sex with me. I'm waiting out front of my boxer shorts. Also, I have the question, which planet does this happen on? Because that's yeah. not a planet I'm familiar with. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that I mean, odd. hey, you know what? It's, it speaks volumes, though. It spe- potentially speaks volumes about her level of loyalty. Because, mm. you know, she's not interested in getting it anywhere else. But right. old Slappy's not uh, Slappy. happening. <laughs> That's laughing. Anyway, I don't even know what to do with that. I feel like 
I, I don't know. I don't even know about this episode. I'm kind of. <laughs> you know, it was a great episode, man. You put a ton of work into it. Great calls. Very confusing in, in the end, not because of your research, just because of like the situations that were that have happened on these calls. The yeah. world is a what a crazy place. I guess the last thing I'll say is if if I die, okay, Jack, if I die uh-huh. and and my wife hires Al Sharpton, just yep. know right now I, I probably didn't die with that being a wish. <laughs> <laughs> And that's even if, like, I die in a fiery blaze of N-words or something. Yeah. Just, nope. Nope. (laughs) Okay. Just let me go in peace. (laughs) Right. And know that if my girl stops wanting to have sexual intercourse with me. Yes. That I will resist calling 911 and I'll call you. Call me. And then I'll be like, what are you wearing? (laughs) (laughs) Whatever you want me to. What do you got on? A light? Uh, it's black. <laughs> oh man, we'll get through that situation together if you know. Yeah. All right. Okay. All right. Hugs, everybody. Once again, we're so grateful you're here. Still, <laughs> this was episode sixty. So somehow we cranked out sixty of these weird shows and you're still around or maybe you just started with this episode and you're moving your way down Uh, either way we're very glad you're here and that you're letting us fill your earballs with weirdness Um, also Patreon if you want to see the videos on these kind of episodes and stuff that we talk about plus a bunch of other stuff hundreds of other posts and content 2022 right it's going to be a year probably definitely it'll be a year that's about all I can say but we'll be together doing these weird shows hugs <laughs>